This is KMTT and the weekly Pashat HaShavua Shirat. This year, Tavshin Ayin, it will be given by Harav Chanoch Waxman. This week, Pashat Vayira, I would like to discuss a story that certainly strikes the careful reader as eerily familiar. What I have in mind is Perkaf of Sefer Breshit, and here in Perkaf, Pasuk Aleph, in Parashat Be'era, the Torah says as follows, Ba'isam Misham Avraham Atzah HaNegev, Avram traveled from there towards the south, Ba'eshev bin Kadesh bin Shur, Ve'agar Begrar, and he dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and he dwelt in Grar. Pasuk Bet, Ve'am Avram el Sarah Ishto Achotihi, and Avram said regarding Sarah, his wife, that she was his sister. Ve'ishlach Avimelech, Melech Grar, and Avimelech, the king of Grar, sent Ve'ikach et Sarah, and Sarah was taken to the house of Avimelech. Um, now here, of course, as the story unfolds, things go on. God appears to Avimelech. God tells Avimelech that Sarah is a married woman. God informs Avimelech that if uh, he knows what's good for him, he should return Sarah to Avraham. Of course, in the end of the day, Avimelech does so, and everything works out uh, quite well in this story. However, as pointed out uh, a moment ago, uh, this story, or this form, of Avraham saying regarding his wife that she is his sister, and uh, the wife, sister, being taken to the house of the foreign king, should, of course, strike us as eerily familiar. And what I have in mind is a, a parallel that seems to exist here to Perikud Bet of Sefer Breshit, the story we discussed last week, um, the story of Avraham's sojourn in the land of Egypt, Avraham and Sarai's sojourn in the land of Egypt. If we go back there just for the moment, it's not just that we should be struck by the sense of familiarity. In fact, the language of the two stories is eerily familiar. Let us take a look very briefly back at Perakibet. Back in Perakibet, um, Pasuk Yud Gimel, we're told as follows upon Avram and Sarai's arrival in the land of Egypt. Avram says to Sarai, I know you're very beautiful, and therefore, Imrina Achotiat. Say you are, you are my sister, and of course Avram's intention is to stay alive, as we discussed last week. And then, just a few psukim later, what are we told in Pasuk Tetvav, Vayiru Tasare Paro, um, the officers of Paro Sor, Vayhalu Ota El Paro, they praised her to Paro, Vatukach Haisha Beit Paro, and the woman was taken to the house of Paro. So we have the same kind of thing. In both stories we have Avraham in a foreign land, facing a foreign king. In one story, Avimelech and Gror. The other story, Paro and Mitzvahim. In both stories, the Torah uses the language, and Avraham says regarding his wife that she is his sister. And in both stories, um, Sarai, or Sarah, in the second story, is taken. And the language is Vatukach. She is taken to the Bayat, to the house of the foreign king. So uh, we have here, on some level, a connection of the foreign land, the foreign king, the sister, and the taken by the king. Um, now, in point of fact, this is not the only parallel that exists between the two prokim, between the two stories, and there are quite a few others, but I'd, li- I'd like to outline at least two other additional points of connection um, between the two stories. Both stories, both that of Perakid Kaf and Perakid Bet, in both cases we have divine intervention. In both stories, the intention of the king to make Sarai into his wife 
uh, for the ma'aseh of the lekicha, the action of the taking to come to its natural fruition, is stopped by divine intervention. Both stories contain divine intervention. If we take a look at the text, per kaf pasikyud chet, the very last sto- uh, verse, the very last pasuk of the story of Gror, of Havimelech, the story found in Parakaf, concludes as follows. The story ends as follows. Ki atzar atzar Hashem ba'ad kol rechem lebeit Avimelech. Um, Hashem had stopped up every opening or every womb in the house of Avimelech, and that situation was only resolved upon the return of Sarah to Avraham. Al dvar Sarai eshet Avraham, um, because of the matter of Sarai eshet Avraham. Um, now, actually, uh, in reality, the divine intervention had come a little bit earlier. Abraham, uh, God had appeared to Avimelech in a dream and threatened him, but it wasn't just an explicit threat given to Avimelech in the dream, but it was this implicit threat only mentioned later on in the story that is part of the divine intervention. There was a kind of a plague or a visitation of God upon the house of Avimelech, because of the matter of Sarah, um, the wife of Avraham. If we go back for the moment to Perak Yudbet, Pasuk Yud Zion, we find the exact same notion of divine intervention which prevents the action of the kicha, of taking by the king, from coming to its natural fruition. Perak Yudbet, Pasuk Yud Zion, says as follows, Hashem et paro nigaim gedolim. God afflicted paro with great afflictions. We have here a, a makah, which prevents Paro from realizing his intentions, ve'et beto, not just Paro, but also his household, al dvar sarai eshet avram, because of the matter of sarai eshet avram, the exact same language, the affliction by God, the bayat, the house of the king, and because of al dvar sarai eshet avram, so we have here a second parallel, not just the foreign land, the foreign king, the achotihi, and the taking of sarah, but also the divine intervention, um, which is visited upon the foreign king, prevents him from bringing his action to fruition. It is visited upon his household. And in both cases, the text says it's because of Al-Dvar Sarai Ishit Avraham. They say had a third connection between the stories, something which draws them even closer together and, bring, and builds them more or less as, as one instance of, in some sense, the same thing. As the stories go on, or as the events go on, Avimelech calls in, at least in our parak, in parak Kaf, Avimelech calls in Avraham. Parak Kaf, Pasuk Tet, says as follows. After God's nightly visitation to Avimelech. Vayikra Avimelech Avraham. Avimelech called Avraham. Vayomelo. And he said to him, Ma'asita lanu, umechatati lach. What have you done to me? What have we sinned to you? Kevetah, alive, that you brought this upon us, etc., Effectively, Avimelech gives reproof, tochacha. Um, he upbraids uh, Avraham, and the text uses the language of Aikra Avimelech, the king summoned Avraham, and then he said to him, Ma'asita lana, what have you done to us? This, of course, once again parallels something that already happened back in Parak Yudbet. Let us take a look in Parak Yudbet, Pasuk Yudchet. And as the story moves along there, at some point, again, there's upbraiding or reproof by the foreign king. Perak Yudbet, Pasuk Yudchet, says as follows. Vayikra paro Avraham, and paro called in Avraham, same exact language, Vayikra, the king summoned Avraham, Vayomer, and he said, same words, Mazot asita li, what have you done to me? So again, the same notion of reproof, of tochacha, and the same language, a similar word, asita, 
Ali as opposed to Asitalanu in Parakaf, but again, we have a third parallel, the notion of reproof. So one, the foreign land, the foreign king, the wife's sister, the taking of Sarah. Two, the notion of divine intervention which prevents the action from coming to its logical conclusion. And three, the eventual reproof by the foreign king. And these stories are quite, quite similar. Now, of course, the obvious question that I would like to discuss is what is the point of these parallel events or, or these kinds of stories? Um, what is the meaning uh, of another Abraham in a foreign land wife-sister story? Why does divine providence arrange that, so to speak, kind of the same thing happens uh, to Abraham over and over? What exactly are we supposed to learn as readism from, of the Chumash from this connection, from this repetition, from this parallel? And that's the primary question I would like to talk about in, in the Shi'ur. Um, now, before getting to that, uh, it's important to make a kind of methodological point, or perhaps a, an adjustment to uh, the parallel as I built it until this point in the Shi'ur. Um, often, when looking at these kinds of connections between different stories in the Chumash, um, it is important not just to look at the similarities, but also to look at the, at the differences. Sometimes the differences can be very, very critical for understanding what's going on, for understanding the connection. And in this case, I think that there is a kind of striking difference um, between the two stories, between the two foreign king, foreign land, wife-sister stories that we're talking about. And um, the best way to see this is by going back to the text and looking at the end uh, of the stories. Let us pick it up in Parak Yudbet, um, Pasuk Yudtet. After Paro finishes upbraiding Avraham, uh, says to him, Lama Amarta Achotihi, why did you say that she was my sister? Vekach Otalili Isha, that she was your sister. Vekach Otalili Isha, and I took her for me as a wife. Vata Hine Kachvalech. So Paro says to Avram, here is your wife, take her and go. Pasukaf. Vaitav Alav Paro Anashim. Paro commanded Anashim upon him. Vaishachuto, and they sent him. Vetishtov at Kolashalo, and his wife, and everything that he had. So there's a kind of quick, succession of verbs here in the Chumash. Kach, lech, take, go, vayitzav. Paro doesn't even rely upon them to leave. He commands men upon them and he chases them out. He forces them out. Vayishachu otov Kach, lech, vayitzav, vayishachu. And they are thrown out. They are exiled. They are cast out of Egypt in a strong, hard way by Paro. And that's the way um, the story ends in Parakibet quite an unpleasant ending in terms of the relationship between Paro and Avraham. Uh, interestingly enough, Parakaf, our story, uh, the second wife-sister story, um, Avraham in a foreign land, visiting a foreign king, ends in a very, very different fashion. Um, after the conversation between Avimelech and Avraham, at that point, uh, Parakaf Pasuk Yudalid tells us the following. Vayikach Avimelech tzon ubakar v'avadim ushvachot. Avimelech took tzon ubakar cattle and and sheep v'avadim and servants ushvachot and maid servants v'yitain la'avraham and he gave them to Avraham v'yeshev lo etzar yishto. So Avimelech gives Avraham gifts when returning Sarah to him. Pasuk tedva v'yom Avimelech hine atzila fanecha. Here my land is in front of you. Batov be'enecha shev as it is good in your eyes. Dwell. So the way the story ends here um, is that Avimelech 
offers gifts to Avraham. He returns Sarah to him, and then he invites him to stay in his land. In the land. Dwell in the best place. So Avimelech effectively offers Avraham hospitality uh, and gifts. And we might say that the story here ends in a very, very different way than the story in Mitzrayim ended with being cast out. Here it ends with reproachment, with hospitality, and with gifts. And I think um, the question we really should ask is not just so much what is the point of the parallel between the two stories, what's the point of these, this kind of repetition in the Chumash, but also what can we make of this crucial difference, this very interesting different end between the two stories, the being cast out in the case of the first story of Perak Yibet, and the remaining in the land of Avimelech, and the hospitality in Perak Kaf. And so I think we're interested not just in the similarities, but also in the difference. Um, now, to work this out, what I'd like to do is to draw upon a, a couple of Rashis and to try to think about the context of uh, Perakaf, the larger context of Perakaf, what the action around it is in the Chumash and what exactly is going on here in, in context. Uh, to begin with this, let us go back to Perakaf, um, Pasuk Aleph. Um, the way the story of Avram's time in the land of Gerar in the court of Avimelech, or visiting Avimelech begins. Perakaf Pasuk Aleph says as follows. Baisa Misham. Avram traveled from there. Artsa Negev to the south. Vaisha ben Kadesh ben Shur. He arrived and dwelt in Gerar. Interesting question. Where is Sham? Where is it that Avraham leaves before uh, he, he goes to Gerar? What exactly is the physical and literary context of this story of the visit in Avimelech's land. The answer, of course, is we know where Avram has been previously. All we need to do is to go back to the very beginning of Parshat Vayera, um, where uh, the Torah tells us where exactly Avraham is. Perkirchat, um, Pasuk Aleph, the first story of, uh, the first Pasuk of Parshat Vayera, says as follows, Vayera, I love Hashem, be'elonei mamrei, God appears to Avraham in Elone Mamre, Petach Oel, etc., etc. Avraham is located in Elone Mamre. Um, now, interestingly enough, uh, Elone Mamre is a place which you can see Sodom from, and or it is relatively near Sodom. And the, and the way we we know this um, is that after the visit of the men, uh, the angels, the Malachim, the Nashim. Um, and when they get up to leave, Avram, of course, accompanies them. Um, and Perak Yudchet Pasuk Tetzayin says as follows, Ve'akum misham anashim, and the men got up from there, Ve'ashkifu al Sodom, and they looked out in the direction of Sodom, Ve'avram holech imam l'shalcham, and Avram went with them to send them. Of course, shortly after this, we have the story of Avraham's tefillah for Sodom, and after uh, the story of Avram's tefillah for Sodom, the Torah tells us that Avram got up the next morning after his tefillah, and he looked out in the direction of Sodom and saw that smoke and ash had filled the space. So Avram has been in um, Elone um, Mamre, which is a place from where one can see Sodom. Um, and Rashi uh, picks up on this point as uh, Avram had been in. Uh, the area of Elonim are made near Sodom. And upon the destruction of Sodom in Perakutet, uh, after Avram's failed tefillah for Sodom, Avram leaves and heads off to somewhere else, heads off in the direction of, of Gerar. Now, Rashi adds uh, a, 
kind of moral or ethical twist to this uh, simple point of context, a very interesting point Rashi makes. Commenting on the words of Yisa Misham Avraham, Rashi says as follows, Kishra'a shechavu hakrachim upasku ha'ovrim vashavim nasalo misham. Um, when Abraham saw that the towns, the cities, including Sodom and the other, its other sister cities had been destroyed, and there were no more guests, Avram left that place. In other words, Rashi is telling us that Avram serves a kind of counterfunction uh, to Sodom. It isn't just that the the physical context of where Avram has been before Avimelech is Elonim Amir near Sodom. And it isn't just uh, the literary context that the destruction of Sodom is the story that happens after the prayer of Abraham is something that happens right before the story of Abraham in the land of Abimelech. But also there's a kind of, for lack of a better term, ethical context or omission context. Abraham is near Sodom because there are guests near Sodom. And on some level, Abraham serves as a counterweight uh, to what Sodom is all about. Avram is machnis orchim, and of course we all know how guests are treated in Sodom. So, after uh, the destruction of Sodom, Avram leaves and he goes somewhere else. So this is the context, and this is the first point I'd like to make as background for understanding our story of Perakaf, uh, of uh, Avram and the land of Avimelech. Now, interestingly enough, I would like to argue that there are quite a few other connections besides the physical and literary context uh, between the story of Avram and the land of Avimelech and the story of the destruction of Sodom. And let me pick another interesting linguistic connection out here. Um, at some point in the story in Parak Kaf, um, Pasuk uh, Gimel, um, God comes and visits Avraham. Uh, and Avra- God says that God comes and visits Avimelech. And God says to Avimelech as follows in Parakaf Pasuk Gimel. Vayavo Elohim, the Torah says, Vayavo Elohim Avimelech b'chalom halayla. And uh, God comes to Avimelech in the dream of the night, Vayom Elo, and he said to him, Hincha met You're going to die um, because of the woman that you've taken because she is a, a married woman and it's forbidden to have relations with her. Avimelech lo karav eleha. Avimelech cannot come near her. Vayom Adunai Hagoi gam tzadik tarog? God, are you going to kill also a righteous nation? Halohu amali achotihi. Didn't she say, he, he said that she was my sister. Vihi gamhi amra achihu. And she also said that he was her brother. Betam levavi ubenikayon kapai asiti zot. With the purity of heart and uh, clean hands. I'm completely innocent, asiti zot. I did this action. Now what's fascinating here is that the Torah here places in the words of Avimelech the phrase, Hagoi gam tzadik tarog. Now, and this is very interesting, because after all, Avimelech is just a, a single individual. Ha, but he says, Hagoi gam tzadik tarog. Well, also the righteous nation, God, you kill. Now, of course, this word tzadik here should on some level echo for us, because of course, if we go back to the preceding story, the term tzadik is a key term in the preceding story right before Abraham's shortly before Abraham's uh, visit to Avimelech. If we go back to Parak Yudchet, Pasuk Kaf Dalet, uh, where the uh, Torah describes Abraham's tefillah for Anche Sedom, or going back to Kaf Gimel even, the Torah says as follows, 
Vayigash Avraham, and Avraham came close, Vayomar, and he said, Ha'af tispeh tzadik im rasha. Will you gather up the righteous with the evil? Ulayish chamishim tzadikim betocha ir. Ha'af tispeh velo tisela makol mana chamishim tzadikim. And Avraham goes on, again mentioning the word tzadik and tzadik over and over. Chalil lecha meyasot kadavar hazelah mit tzadikim rasha. Vayakat tzadik karasha. Chalil lecha shofet kal aretz lo yasem mishpat. Avram talks over and over about the impossibility of destroying the righteous ones, the tzaddik, the righteous nation. They must be spared. And fascinatingly enough, we find almost the exact same language in the mouth of Avimelech here in Parakaf Pasik Dalad. Vayomer Adonai Hagoy Gam Tzaddik Ta'arog. And it's as if, effectively, Avimelech is saying, I am an under-Sodomite, and this is not Sodom, and Gerar is not Sodom. Hagoy Gam Tzadik we also kill a righteous nation. And this is another connection between our parak and the story of Sodom. Now, of course, on some level, um, God is not as positive about the non-Stom-like quality of Avimelech and Gror as Avimelech himself is. Um, when Avimelech protests and says, Betam kapai asiti zot, God responds in Pasuk Vav, Elokim, Bachalom, Kibetam Asitazot. God refers to the Tam Lev of Avimelech, Levavcha. And God leaves out altogether Nikayon Kapai, the absolute protestation of innocence. So it's not exactly clear from God's perspective how innocent, how clean of hands, how unsodom like is Avimelech. Now, in fact, it's not just God who's uncertain of the motivation of Avimelech and the moral and ethical stature of Gerar. But, of course, Avraham is as well. And this brings us to a very, very key point in the story and perhaps yet another connection between the story of Perakaf and uh, the story of Sodom. Um, and at a certain point, when Avimelech reproves uh, Avraham in the story, in Perakaf Pasekut, he says as follows, Ve'yomar Avimelech, ma'ra'ita ki asita tadavahaze. What did you see that you did this thing? Pasigir Aleph, Vayom Ravraham Kiamarti, Rak Ein Yirat Elokim Bamakom Hazer. I saw that there was no fear of God, there was no fear of Shamayim in this place. Vaharaguni Aldvar Ishti, and they would kill me uh, because of my wife. So Avram says what I, and then he goes on to explain how, of course, she is my sister and this is standard policy. But the key point that Avram makes here is that I saw there was no Yirat Elokim, there was no fear of God, and I would be killed. Um, I am a guest, I am weak, I am powerless, I am dependent upon you, I have newly arrived in your land, and I was concerned that I would be mistreated, I would be killed, and my wife would be taken. This was Abraham's concern. Um, now, Avram uses the phrase, Yirat Elohim, and in fact, uh, throughout the, the Chumash, um, Yirat Elohim is often used as a symbol uh, as to how one treats one's guests, one, ones who are weak, or one who are in one's power. Um, uh, another example of this uh, is found later on in the Chumash, in Perak Membet, uh, in the story of Yosef and his brothers. At a certain point after Yosef had thrown uh, one of the brothers uh, in jail, uh, but no, pardon me, after the, Yosef had thrown all of the brothers into jail, he decides to free them, give them food, send them back to Canaan, and just keep one as a kind of security. And in Perak Membet, Pasuk Zion of the Torah, we have the following Pasuk. 
Yosef, and Yosef said to the brothers, Shashi, on the third day, Zot asu vichyu. This you shall do and live. Eta elokim ani I fear God. The Egyptian viceroy proclaims to the brothers that he fears God. And because he fears God, what's he going to do? Oh, so one will stay back here. Vatem lechu havi shevarahum batichem. Take food. So the one um, who fears God treats those who are in his power, treats his guests with fairness, with justice, with mercy, he provides life, he does not abuse them, and this is what the Egyptian viceroy, I Yosef, claims to be doing uh, at that point in the story. So that is the technical meaning here of Yerat Elokim. Now, Rashi uh, picks up on this uh, and cites a famous midrash on the phrase uh, Yerat Elokim. Rashi says as follows in Perak uh, Kaf, uh, on Perak Aleph, Rak Ein Yerat Elokim, Rashi cites the following midrash, Achsanai Shabalair, a visitor comes to a city. Al iskei achila vishtia shawalin oto. Do you ask him regarding his needs of food and drink, what he needs, what it, what, what to provide him with? Oh, al iskei ishto shawalin oto. Or do you ask him about his wife? Ishtichahi o achaltchahi. Is this your wife or is this your sister? So what Rashi and the Midrash say that happened is that upon arriving in Gerar in the land of Avimelech, um, well, they asked him, is this your wife or is this sister? Uh, and they weren't interested in providing for their guests, but they were interested in their guests as an object, as a possible wife, as perhaps even something more. And Avraham interprets this as a place uh, that doesn't have Yerat Elohim. And a place where there's no Yerat Elohim, where guests are not treated properly, anything is possible, and quite possibly he could be murdered and his wife be taken. And this is Avraham's fear about Grar and land of Avimelech. Now, this on some level creates a striking parallel. This notion of how guests are treated and whether there is or isn't Yurat Elohim in Avimelech is again, on some level, the question of the Sodom-like or non-Sodom-like character of the land of Grar. And I would like to go back very briefly just to Perakutet, to the story of arrival of guests not in the house of Avraham as in Perak. Yudchet, and not in the land of Avimelech, Gwar, as in Perekaf, but the arrival of guests in Snom itself, in Perek Yudtet. And in Perek Yudtet, Pasuk Dalid, uh, we, found, uh, we find as follows. Shortly after the guests have entered the house of Lot and gone to sleep, the men have entered the house of Lot and gone to sleep, Terem Yishkavu, they have just yet not gone to sleep. And all the people of Stom gathered around the house from the youths until the old men, everyone. Uh, and they called to Lot, and they said to him, Where are the men who came to you this night? Um, bring them out. And we will get to know them. Um, get to know them here, of course, refers to sodomy. This is the reason why we have this term. And it means to get to know them in the most intimate sense, in a physical sense. And the men of Stone, the people of Stone, want to engage in homosexual rape of the guests found in Lot's house. So here we have the absolute antithesis. We have the complete lack of Yerat Elohim, the lack of hospitality, the effective reason as to why Sodom is evil and Sodom is destroyed. So here again, we have another kind of connection between Perakaf, the story of Avimelech and Gror, and the story of Sodom. And we could say this connection exists in a threefold way. First, the physical and literary context that Avram had previously been near Sodom uh, before coming to Gror, 
And um, the story found right before is Avram's prayer for Sodom and the destruction of Sodom. This is one connection. Second, um, the linguistic connection. Avimelech's question uh, to uh, God of Hagoy Gam Tzadik Tarug, you also kill the righteous nation, a kind of a backhanded reference by the text to Avram's tefillah on behalf of Sodom. Third, the question is to how newcomers, how guests are treated in, in uh, the land of Avimelech and Gor. Is there Yeratelukim? Is there not Yeratelukim? And what all this adds up to is kind of the fundamental question that's been developed throughout the Prakim, throughout Yudchet, Yudtet, and Kafir. There's Avraham, who we see at the beginning of Pashat Veira, as having Yirat Elohim, as bringing guests in, as acting with Chesed, as being mitpalel for Sodom. There are the Sodomites. We see the way they act, their guests, a place without any Yirat Elohim, a place that's eventually destroyed. And we come to Parakaf, we come to a third context. And the question on the table is, what kind of place is this new place that Avraham has arrived in? Is it an Avraham-like place? Is it a place of Chesed and Yirat Elohim? Or is it an altogether different type of place? Is it a place that's Sodom-like? And the chashash, the concern of Avraham when he arrives in this place, is that maybe it is Sodom-like. Avimelech and the people of Gor are certain of their own righteousness. God is not so certain. And as the story develops, this theme is crucial to understanding the story. Now, how does all of this help us with working out what we originally wanted to work out, uh, which was the connection between Perkaf and Perkibet? After all, we're supposed to be talking about Groh and Mitzrayim, Avimelech and Paro, and instead we've somehow wound up talking about Avimelech, Groh versus Sodom. What's the connection? The point is, let's now come back to the end uh, of the story, the way the story of Avimelech and Gror ends, how things work out in the end. There's in fact a dual ending uh, to the story, one part which I touched upon already, and the other part which I haven't yet touched upon. Let us pick it up in the text in Perak Kaf, um, Pasuk uh, Yudalit again. Avimelech gives back Sarah along with gifts. Pasuk Tedvav. Now Avimelech engages in hospitality, as opposed to Paro, who threw Avraham out of his land. Instead, Avimelech engages in hospitality, invites Avraham to stay, and gives him gifts. This is an act of chesed. This is hospitality. Avimelech shows clearly that he is capable of non-Sodom-like behavior. Now, there's another part to this ending, Pasuk Tetzayin, Ulusara Amar, etc., and then we skip now to Pasuk Yudzayin. Vayitpalel Avraham el ha-Elohim. Avraham prays to God. Vayirpa Elohim et Avimelech ve'tishtov v'amotav ve'eledu. And God heals Avimelech and his wife and the maidservants, and they all give birth. Ki atzar atzar Hashem ba'ad kol rechem levet Avimelech al devras ha'reshet Avraham. Because there had been this affliction, this plague upon them that they could not give birth. And it is the tefillah of Abraham, the prayer of Abraham that removes the affliction that saves the, uh, the land of Avimelech, that saves Gerar. We might say that it is the tefillah of Abraham that removes death, or the shadow of death from the land of Avimelech. After all, if no one can give birth, this is of course a, a harbinger of death. And God had explicitly 
threatened Avimelech, Mot Tamut, he will certainly die. So, in fact, what we see, the way the story ends, is that it is the tefillah of Avram, the power of Avram's tefillah, that removes the punishment, removes the affliction, that turns death into life uh, at the end of the story of Parakaf of Avimelech and Gur. Now, what is the point of this dual ending? The value of hospitality and chesed on the one hand, and the power of tefillah to replace death with life on the other hand. If we think about think about it, there's a kind of amazing meaning which is implied in the context here. And let's go back now to the retzah, to the continuity of the prakim. In Parak Yudchet, um, what we see is that Avraham engages in chesed in the first part of Parak Yudchet. And as Rashi has already pointed out for us, he's near Sodom. And there are people who are entering Sodom, people who are leaving Sodom, and Avram is there in Elonai Marmei near Sodom, being Machnes Orchem, not for a short time, for in fact, probably a very, very long time. If you do the chronology, Avram has probably been there all the way back since Perak Yudalid, where his presence in Elonai Mamrei is first mentioned, and working through the time parameters that the Torah gives you, it's at least 23 years that Avram has been in that place, and the point is there as a kind of counterweight uh, or balance to the evil of Sodom, as a kind of tikkun, where in Sodom, guests are treated a particular way, in the tent of Avram, which is nearby, they're treated a completely different way altogether. And what about the rest of Parak Yudchet? Well, that's the tefillah of Avraham, that Avram attempts to counter, or balance, or save Sodom, not just through chesed, but also through tefillah. And in the end of the day, it turns out that Avraham is, in Parak Yudchet, wholly unsuccessful. Neither his lesson of chesed, nor and neither his teaching of Chesed, nor his power of tefillah, they cannot save Sodom, because Sodom is unredeemable, and eventually Sodom is destroyed. Now we come to Perakaf, and we have here an altogether different place, or maybe not an altogether different place. We have Avimelech and Gror, and the question is, is this a Sodom-like place, or is this not a Sodom-like place? In the end of the day, it's not really a Sodom-like place, but the ending here is crucial, that it is... Chesed, the value of Chesed, and the tefillah of Avraham that in the end saves Sodom. The way the story ends um, with uh, hospitality and tefillah, and those things, not save Sodom, save Grar, that those things save Grar, that is kind of a tikkun or a correction to what happened in Perigurifet. Don't think that the values of Avraham, uh, don't make the mistake of thinking that the actions of Avraham, that the chesed and the tefillah do not have an effect, do not have an impact. What we see here in the story of Grar in Parakaf is that those values, hospitality and tefillah, do have the power to save, and eventually they do save the land of Grar, uh, the house of Avimelech. Now, that's one point about the connection here, but now we get to kind of uh, the deeper point, and this will take us back to what I began with, the story of Mitzrayim. Um, in the story of Mitzrayim, Avraham, we might say, has almost no impact uh, upon Mitzrayim in his stay in Mitzrayim. The way the story ends, the first wife-sister Avraham in a foreign land story ends, is, Here is your wife, take her and go. And Paro chases them out. And Avraham is not recognized, Avraham is not known, Avram is, as mentioned last week, not particularly special in the context of Mitzrayim. Maximally, what you have here in our first Avram in a foreign land story is a kind of type scene, a foreshadowing 
of the future redemption of Avram's descendants, the future nation. That they too one day will be chased out of Egypt because of divine intervention. They'll be thrown out of Egypt eventually and taken out of Egypt by divine intervention. Right? So that's really all that really happens there in that story. We have there Avraham Bereshit Darko, Avraham the beginning of his path, foreshadowing a people on the beginning of their path who are redeemed, but no more. Here, in Parakaf, in the end of the day, I think we have something completely different. By virtue of the fact that Abraham has been in Gror, by virtue of the fact that the second wife-sister Avram in a foreign land story happens, by virtue of the fact that God's providence has brought Abraham to Gror, two crucial lessons of the Mesorah, of the inheritance of Abraham, are taught, and they are taught to the people of Gror and to Avimelech. One, the lesson of hospitality. Because by the time Abraham leaves Gror and Avimelech, or by the time the story ends because Abraham doesn't leave, the crucial lesson of hospitality and chesed has been inculcated and understood in Gror, in the land of Avimelech. Where previously this may have been a place where there isn't Yirat Elohim, now there certainly is Yirat Elohim. And secondly, not just the lesson of chesed and hospitality, but also the lesson of the power of tefillah. That it is Avram's tefillah, the power of prayer, that turns possible death into life. And those two crucial lessons of the Messiah of Avram are taught uh, in Gror by the presence of Avraham. We might say, um, on some level, that when Avimelech uh, calls in Avraham and says to him, Me'asita lanu, what have you done to us? The real answer to that question is that Avram's presence has caused Avimelech and the people of Gror to grow in Yirat Elohim, to understand the value of hospitality and to understand the power of tefillah. This story, if so, is fundamentally different than the first Avram in a foreign land story. It's not so much a type scene for future redemption, a foreshadowing of the redemption of the people from Egypt, but it's a foreshadowing of a different kind of redemption, a redemption of the people in its land, able to be examples and to teach through their presence to others the values of Abraham, of hospitality, of chesed, and of the power of tefillah. Okay.